Welcome to All for One. I'm your host, Margaret Gorman. In our second episode, senior Edith Barba shares her thoughts on mental health, self-care, and her personal journey. Please be aware that while there is no specific incidents being spoken about, we do talk about mental health care. Enjoy! Well, hello. Hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So just to recap, I'm your host. My name is Margaret Gorman. I am the proud director of Evergreen High School Theater. And today my guest is senior Edith Barba. Welcome, Edith. Hello. Hello. All right. So we've just gone over your name. Tell us how many years you've been in EHS theater. I have been in EHS theater all four years, so since my freshman year. Perfect. And are you an actor or a tech or a little bit of both? I am a full technician from the start to the end. A hundred percent technician. <laughs> what has been your favorite role or position so far in our theater program? Um, so even though we didn't do Beauty and the Beast, being stage manager for that show was a really special opportunity for me, especially being able to work with uh, Michelle and you as well and learning how to do real technician things, you know? I think when you've done a lot of different technical roles, and I know you already have, that kind of being in charge of the rest of the technicians is a powerful position, but also it's being thrown in the deep end very quickly. So you really learn what you're made of, much like being assistant director. I think these are, you know, the top positions in our theater department, and you really learn what you're made of very quickly. Yes, definitely. All right. So you are our second episode. Before we talk to Adriel Calvin about food and cooking, that was his choice. What are you going to talk to us about today? Um, so I wanted to talk about mental health and the for today's episode the difference between self-diagnosing and being self-aware perfect so why did you choose this topic this is a more serious topic it's probably less of a hobby than cooking so what made you think that this was a great topic for our podcast so I'm not sure if you know this but September is actually suicide awareness month I'm aware of that Yes. And because 2020 has been, you know, not the prettiest year, I feel like there are a lot of people who aren't feeling their best. Yeah. And I know that it is very difficult and a confusing time for a lot of people. And I just wanted to kind of, you know, instead of hiding and pretending it's not happening, bring awareness to it because mental illnesses are very much real. And in most cases, they can come with very negative long-term effects if we ignore them. Boy, I think you hit the nail on the head right there, if we ignore them, that mm-hmm. these aren't a curse, but they are, they are serious illnesses. And, you know, 2020 has been rough. In most of our lifetimes, this has got to be the weirdest, hardest time. I know currently we're all indoors because there's wildfires. I don't know if it smells like burning where you are smells like burning outside my house. That's a scary time. Mm -hmm. And you do retreat into your head. And so what you find there and how you approach what's inside of your head, take some strategy. Mm -hmm. So you said that you wanted to talk a little bit about self-diagnosing versus self-awareness. Can you tell Mm -hmm. me what you mean by both of those terms? 
So self-diagnosing is something that happens, especially a lot in the mental illness part of the medical community. Mm -hmm. But it is when someone will, you know, read the symptoms on Google or on Mm -hmm. WebMD Mm -hmm. and be like, that sounds like me. And, you know, that's where self-awareness comes in, the knowing it. But when you start saying that, I think this is what I have, therefore, this is what I am. That's when you're crossing a la- uh, a line between something that can be dangerous because if you, for example, if you self-diagnose yourself as someone with anxiety, mm-hmm. when in reality you have heart palpitations or some type of heart issue, oh yeah, that can lead to being very drastic towards your own health, you know? And missing another medical condition that you might have instead. You may have them both. Yeah. But yeah, you're definitely. absolutely right. You're missing another medical condition because you attribute the symptoms that you're feeling to a mental health condition. Yeah. Like that being said, I do believe that um, different uh, differentiating mental illnesses such as anxiety and depression can be very easy for some people from other medical illnesses. Yeah. But I feel like that's really when the next steps are to seek help rather than docking yourself and listing yourself as something you possibly can't or you aren't you know sometimes I think about self-diagnosing and mental illnesses a bit like food allergies which is Mm -hmm. you and I could have the same we could be allergic to the same food but you and I might have really different symptoms or ways that we know that we're allergic to the same thing Mm -hmm. and so if we just paid attention to how we were feeling we might not get to the answer of oh we're allergic to the substance Yes, but exactly. if we went to a doctor and we're able to be tested or we'd be able to be accurately um, looked at and examined, that might lead us to a better and more medically sound conclusion. Yes, absolutely. Do you think that teenagers do a lot of self-diagnosing? I think that we do. And, mm. you know, I am 17 myself. I'm only a couple months away from being a quote unquote legal adult. <laughs> but... <laughs> I know that I have been, you know, on TikTok and seen a video that's like, you might have depression if you have this and that and this and that. And I'll just look at the video and I'm like, oh, wow, that, <laughs> that, that, that hits a little close <laughs> to home, you know? So like, I've definitely been in the position where I've had to take a step back and realize, especially now, because when I was younger, I would do it a lot more, mm-hmm. but Recently, and especially after going through therapy and uh, having actual mental um, help and stuff like that, you're always told not to diagnose yourself. Hmm. And I feel like more recently, I've been able to step back and be like, I need to calm down. I cannot just attach every single label to myself because some of it fits me, you know? I recently had a friend who's my age, so I'm 40, ask me if... I thought that teenagers nowadays had better or worse mental health than our generation. And I said that I didn't think it was better or worse, just that teenagers nowadays were more self-aware and had a different vocabulary. I think when I was in high school, I don't know that I'd really heard the word anxiety used in terms of, I mean, we we talked about stage fright. We didn't really talk about medical anxiety. I knew the word depression. I mean, we we were, you know, we were listening to Nirvana. We knew what depression was. (laughs) But I don't think that we talked about anxiety disorders, eating disorders, um, mental health in the same way that we do in our schools and socially now. 
So do I think we were better or worse off? Neither, but we didn't have the same vocabulary. So that self-diagnosing, you just didn't hear many teenagers in my generation saying the same amount of, I know that I have this, or I know that I'm bipolar. I know that I'm on the spectrum. These things, I, I didn't hear a lot of teenagers saying that in my high school experience. And I hear that quite a bit as an educator. Yeah. At the same time, I do think having more words to describe what's going on is a great thing. And being able to seek help and have that be more socially acceptable, especially when you're young, is so important. So I'm always at odds about how to encourage the young people that I know and that I'm around about that, that self-awareness piece, really paying attention mm-hmm. to your mental and physical state, because obviously the physical is a part of it, but then not being so quick to give yourself um, a DSM title. And DSM is the mm-hmm. medical book that psychiatrists use to diagnose. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of thoughts about that. <laughs> but the, all of those words, all of those labels are in there. And maybe those that labeling should come from medical professionals, much mm-hmm. like other illnesses. Yes, definitely. And like you were saying earlier, I really do think it is a generational thing that has been like, put because when you look at adults especially like I grew up with an immigrant mother mm-hmm. so she's been very she's been raised to be very tough and to hide those feelings because yeah. it shows that she's weak and it shows that you know especially as a woman it shows that she's hormonal and you know all those terrible things incapable yes exactly mm-hmm. and I feel like nowadays it's more you know, Gen Z and millennials and all those (laughs) younger generations, I feel like we're more, we want to use our voice more. We want to be able to say, no, this is an issue. And I feel like, especially now, there's so much awareness being brought to mental illness. And like, yes, especially, you know, right now I'm a 17 year old who's talking about this, but I've been educated by even 15 year olds making YouTube videos and stuff like that. You know, like people are so aware of it and there's so much information and like easy access to articles and being able to research like the truth and the facts and the, you know, the statistics between how depression fluctuates between ages and uh, race and, you know, all those. And gender. Yeah. Yes, in gender. So if you don't mind for our listeners, I'm sure they're out there and they're wondering, okay, how do you know about these things? So I have a couple quick questions for you about your personal experience with mental illness or mental health care. Mm-hmm. What was the first time in your life that you sensed maybe there were some mental health concerns or issues going on with you personally? Okay, so my parents got divorced when I was seven. And that meant my mom had to go through quite a bit of financial problems being a single mother. Mm -hmm. We also lived in California at the time, which is one of the most expensive states to live in. So when I was about halfway done with fifth grade, so I was about 10, we moved to Vancouver because my aunt lived here and we moved in with her. And I just remember that change being so heavy on me I didn't think at the time I would take it so to heart almost like getting on the plane and on the flight over here and saying bye to my friends I was just like bye losers like you know like, See you later. <laughs> yeah I don't yeah care. yeah lighthearted but then, yeah but then 
we're on this flight and halfway through I just start like breaking down and I'm like oh my god my friends are gone like it's all done and I'm just like (laughs) it all just like hit me and then over that summer I don't have friends because I don't know anyone in the neighborhood and my aunt doesn't have children so it's like (laughs) there's no one for me to hang out with and my mom's always working Mm -hmm. so when sixth grade starts it's a whole new middle school and I just remember being like I felt alone even though I was around people and it was just like I missed yeah like I just I missed my friends I missed my my dad I missed you know I don't have a big family but all of it is in California still to this day so I'm it's just like it was just so hard all the time and I remember going to my counselor and being like I'm just sad all the time and she just took one look at me and she was like you're probably depressed okay let's let's talk about it (laughs) she was she was a great counselor she was very open about it and yeah since then um she was able to reach out to my mom and I'm thankful she did that because I really feel like if she didn't tell my mom that of course she asked for my permission first but yeah it was just easier because I felt like if I told my mom directly, she would have come back at what she's always heard, which is you have to be strong. You have to hide those feelings. You have to show Mm -hmm. that you're brave and all these things. And I just, I feel like over the time also, ever since I've started therapy, which was like in um, halfway through sixth grade Mm -hmm. until, well, I mean, I'm still in therapy now. (laughs) It's on and off. So right till now. (laughs) Yeah, up until now. (laughs) But um, yeah, my mom also has been alongside with me, like on this journey. And she's kind of, you know, she started getting mental health care last year because I feel like. amazing. Yeah. So I feel like I was kind of able to, you know, like bring her back down to earth and be like, we're human. We have emotions. This just happens, you know? Yeah. And we're just so much more open with our mental health with each other now. And I really feel like if I didn't say anything from the beginning, it would have just been completely different. That's, that's really, inc- that's incredible. It's, it's incredible that you seeking help allow kind of open that door for your mom. Mm-hmm. But here you're talking about, okay, this big transition in your life right before sixth grade where you moved. Coincidentally, that was also when I moved from Missouri out to Vancouver. That is a weird time to move, right? Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're starting to be a, a tween, and that's a weird time to have only friends. And then mm-hmm. you talked about a counselor. Was that a counselor at your middle school? Yes, it was at my school. A school counselor. Mm-hmm. And then now you're talking about, okay, this is something that you also have family support at home. So I'm starting mm-hmm. to see maybe some self-care techniques, but also a support system that you're surrounding yourself with. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. So you referenced therapy. I assume that most people that are listening have a basic understanding of what therapy is without revealing what your therapist's name is or Mm -hmm. any personal details. What does that look like? Do you see them in person? Do you talk to them on the phone? Do you, how is there, what is therapy for you? Um, So therapy up until March was in person Mm -hmm. and uh, for a while last year, I was seeing a therapist at an adult center, and that okay. 
just didn't work for me. So I had to go back to the children's center, which is also a very big part. You have to find a therapist that you're comfortable with. Like it is so important to like your therapist and be able to be comfortable around them, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And so, yeah, up until March, it was in person, but recently it's been over Zoom. Okay. So face to face. Yes, face to face. And um, my therapist also allows phone calls whenever I am feeling like I need to talk to her right away. Got it. So, so more those- more intervention or more kind of, I mean, emergency might be too strong of a word, but. Just like a calm. More like correct. 10 minute down. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's awesome. So is it, is it once a week? Yes, it is once a week. And is it an hour long? Um, sometimes they depend. Sometimes we, since we see each other so often, sometimes it will kind of just be like a, I've had a good week. I don't feel like I need to talk to you. So there'll be like 45 minutes, but the max I can go is an hour. Okay. So for our listeners who don't know, I had the unusual bright childhood of having two therapist parents both of my parents my dad was a social worker and my mom still is a practicing psychologist mm-hmm. so unlike people that were brought up where maybe accessing mental health was seen as unusual or not brought up from my earliest memory i was talking about therapy and my mom is a child psychologist so mm-hmm. when we were young i remember most my brother and i were really fascinated by the idea of child psychology and what was that like? And we would visit her office. And my mom has toys at her office that allows her young patients mm-hmm. to express themselves. I remember playing with those toys. I remember seeing my mom writing records and things like that. So for mm-hmm. me, that's always been something that's around me. But surprisingly enough, that doesn't always mean that it was easy for me to think about what was going on in my head. It was always an open discussion at my household, especially with my mom. It's still an open discussion with my mom, Mm -hmm. but your mom is never your therapist. So Um, having a therapist mom doesn't necessarily mean. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. You don't want to talk to your mom about your problems. My mom is really wonderful and really open. And one of my main supporters, like your mom is for you, but has never been my therapist and isn't the person, you know, she can help me access that help but she's not the person that's provided that for me Mm -hmm. uh so talk to me about what's a piece of advice you have right now who for kids who are struggling I think that probably some of our audience is parents and I think that probably Mm -hmm. the majority of our audience is teenagers that are in EHS theater and I'm imagining Mm -hmm. that it's about 4 15 on a Thursday right now we finish (laughs) classes for the day school's remote right now. That's a challenge. Teachers Mm -hmm. are frustrated. Parents are either working from home. Many of our parents have lost their jobs. It's, this has been a hard time. Mm -hmm. I'd imagine that there are, that there are kids at home right now who are just struggling. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I could, that's definitely another reason I wanted to make this my topic for the podcast too, because it has been a crazy change for everybody involved with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but my advice would be that it's not selfish to want to take care of yourself and put yourself first. Cause mm. I feel like, especially in the past couple of years, it's been seen as like, 
it's been seen as very bad to be selfish. And right. of course, making everything about yourself is something bad. You know, you shouldn't yeah, do It's not that. great. It's not, yeah, it's not, it's not great. pleasant. Yeah. But I feel like people forget that you are allowed to put your own emotions first. And especially, you know, when you're younger and you're dating someone, so like mm. a high school relationship or something, mm-hmm. you want to make sure they're always um, at their best. You want to yeah. take care of them. You want to be their safety, their comfort. You know, it's your first, second relationship. You're just getting used to it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a time where you forget to take care of yourself. Yeah. And sadly, most of these relationships end. And when they end, you're kind of left like, what do I do? I A little empty. Yeah, I mean, I would empty. say I find that that happens even in adult relationships. Yeah. That love is intoxicating. Mm-hmm. You want to be around that person all the time. And they occupy so many of your thoughts. And sometimes you do just forget the little things about Mm self-care. But you're absolutely right. You know, we talk in the classroom a bit about putting the oxygen mask on yourself. And this is a piece of advice from my therapist mom. When you're traveling on the airplane, the flight attendants will go through the safety thing. How do you buckle your seatbelt? And what's your seat Mm -hmm. can be used as a flotation device? But one of the things they talk about is, you know, if there's lack of oxygen in the airplane, the oxygen masks will drop down and you'll put them on yourself and you'll pull that cord behind your head. But before you assist anybody with you, you put the oxygen mask on. And the first time I connected, I was on the plane with my mom. I connected with that meds. I looked at her and I said, I, please don't let me not have oxygen. Like, please put the mask on me first. And my mom said, if I put the oxygen mask on you, but I can't breathe, I don't know that I'll do a good enough job. What if it's not secured to your face? What if you still can't breathe, but neither can I? My mom mm-hmm. kind of sweetly explained, look, Margie, my mom calls me Margie. <laughs> she said, look, Margie, when I put that oxygen mask on myself, I know that I can be a good caretaker for you. And as a little kid, I, I think I almost got the message. But as mm-hmm. an educator and as an adult and a friend and a daughter mm-hmm. and a sister, I really gotten that message that when you take care of your most basic needs, and certainly mental health is a basic need, a basic human right. Yes, definitely. That you are able to be a great friend to your friends, a great partner to the person you're dating, a great technician or actor mm-hmm. or leader <laughs> or student, all these things that we really want to be. But it's not selfish. In some ways, it's not selfish to want to be a good caretaker, right? Mm-hmm. It's not selfish to want to be able to support the people in your life. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like we've talked about this before, you and I, that yeah. we've always been kind of the husband for our mom. <laughs> you know, like we've, we've, Absolutely. Wanted, we've wanted to that take care mom. of them. And I remember even you said recently, well, in, you know, in the past year, mm-hmm. I remember we had a talk where you were like, you need to let your mom make her own decisions. You're not her mom. And I remember that hit me really hard because I was like, it's just so true because I've always wanted to take care of her. I've always put her first. I've always like, even if I'm sick, I will take care of her. Like I'm just like, she's my best friend. She's my everything. So of Hmm. course I would want to put her first, but I feel like I just kind of, you know, you have to, 
be selfish when you are feeling sad. You have to, like you're saying, you can't perform to your, um, to your best of your abilities when you are being held down by your thoughts and by your emotions and by things that you're hiding, you know? And I think it's worth saying, you know, there are times when you should recognize, you should be self-aware that you're just being selfish, right? Mm -hmm. When you're, when you're acting in ways that isn't loving towards others, when Mm -hmm. it's not your basic needs you're looking out for, but your basic wants or your, your desires, Mm -hmm. that there are times that we really need to be self-sacrificing and that, you know, we put the name of this podcast is all for one, right? That's about group before self. And I would say in the theater, that's a wonderful motto, Mm -hmm. but self before others in terms of mental health is definitely the right way to proceed. And it's something that I think all of us could use a reminder or two about. I know that it's something Mm -hmm. I probably need it every 36 hours <laughs> reminder about myself. Um, and, and this is, look, I think we're all struggling and we're all struggling in really different ways. I, I've heard a lot of people talk about trying to find the silver lining in this pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I am definitely an optimist. I really like a lesson learned. I really like mm-hmm. a struggle to make me better. <laughs> I have rough edges. I need them sanded down. Mm-hmm. I have still personally struggled to always find the silver lining. So, of course, there's been lots, right? Mm-hmm. This this podcast is an amazing silver lining. <laughs> yes, we would does. never have been doing this if we were in full production right now. But yeah. I think it is okay during this time to take those five minutes and and be sad or admit that there have been things that we've lost or grieve a bit of that. And then at the end of those five minutes, think, am I just a normal amount of this sucks sad or... And my sad more than others, more than I want to be. And, and then maybe wonder if, if there's some things that can be done about that. When, if, you, if there's a student out there that's feeling that way right now, what advice would you give them about finding resources? Resources. I have actually a, quite a long list of resources. <laughs> and Always prepared. And- always prepared but also that just shows that a little google search two seconds will give you a good amount of sources and it'll also have all the ones that we're going to talk about listed perfect so for the phone call ones i have the southwest washington crisis line that one is 1-800-626-8137 great the national hotline is 1-800-273 8255. And then we also have listed the Trevor Project, which is a hotline that specializes in training the people who speak to you when you call them in um, matters revolving around the LGBTQ community. And they are the ones who you want to talk to if you are having um, problems that are more related to that, that you wouldn't want to talk to just a straight white male about. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> eloquently said Edith and what's your phone number <laughs> so that phone number is one 488 7386 and if you don't want to call or if you can't call there are also two numbers I have that you can text you can text home to 741741 or you can text 
this is the Southwest Washington crisis line for texting. Okay. This one's 866-835-2755. And if you just don't feel like texting, calling, if you can't, if you, for some reason, only have a laptop or something, you mm-hmm. can always go on an online chat, which is www.imalive.org. Perfect. And, you know, I'm going to repeat those back at the end of our podcast, mm-hmm. just to make sure that we have a second time um, of getting all those numbers. And, and like you said, it is a quick Google search. Um, mm-hmm. And it is just putting, giving yourself a little bit of oxygen. Maybe, maybe you're not going to see um, the light today. Let me tell you, you're definitely not going to see the light today because there's <laughs> smoke in the all sky. The smoke, yeah. uh, but metaphorically, maybe, maybe you're having trouble getting there. Do give someone a call. Do give, you know, do text. However, you're able to reach out, start that conversation because I think almost more than getting yourself resources, which is really important. It kind of reminds yourself how important you are that you've taken that time and instead of you know making your mom dinner or for me um responding to a student's email it's it's putting ourselves first for just three minutes and that three minutes may have a huge ripple effect moving forward Mm -hmm. i'd also like to add on that all of these numbers and the website that i listed when you contact are anonymous, they will keep you anonymous and they will only send a medic or use your information if you are in a, um, in in a more serious situation okay. where, yeah, where, you where the to, medical, yeah. medical um, personnel need to be responding to the emergency that you're in. Yeah. There are also 24 hours seven days a week they are always available all holidays christmas new year's Mm -hmm. all holidays perfect okay well let's i mean edith i i really can't i'm just so impressed with how much you're sharing and i i really hope that this is a podcast that touches people's hearts i really i want to talk now about so you've talked about receiving therapy. I've spoken in the past in the classroom about pursuing therapy. It's something I really believe in. It's something that's really helped me be a better person and a better mm-hmm. educator and a better caretaker for my family. Let's talk now about how do we approach self-care, which is different than therapy, right? Self-care mm-hmm. is auto mechanics for your soul. Mm-hmm. So what are the things, because I know we have really different approaches. What are the things that you do and a daily and weekly basis that kind of keep your mind and heart in tune. And then I'll talk a little bit about things that I found really helpful. And hopefully in all this list, someone can find something that works for them. Yes, definitely. Perfect. Um, so some of the things that I like to do, well, one of them is take a shower, but like, <gasps> That's a great I love one. a full shower, hair mask, body mask, <laughs> scrub, like everything, like, come out scented like a bath and body works type of shower (laughs) I blast my music I have a waterproof speaker and that's the dream yeah so I'll put on like you know a little queen I'll let out my inner Freddy like I'll just have a (laughs) show in there and that like that is my self-care like I could do that every single night and I'll still be like I feel like a rock star now like that's (laughs) really 
like getting that energy and like especially when I'm angry even if I'm not showering if I blast like you know if I play some ABBA and I just scream my heart out like I've been heartbroken even though I'm in a great relationship hi Jake love you but you know (laughs) I'll just put on a full show you just I get that energy out um yeah when I'm feeling more lazy though I love painting I love drawing I love crafting I went through a phase where I was making felt stuffed animals anytime I was sad like during March. that's amazing <laughs> yeah so now I have like a giant squid in my room that I don't want but it's Stop. okay <laughs> <laughs> okay but yeah other than that like Lovely. I I love hanging out with my mom I love hanging out with uh Jake I love hanging out with my pets I have a dog that Dino refers to as a rat dog <laughs> I mean, no, ju- no judgment. He looks like a rat dog, but like, I love him. He's a wiener dog chihuahua mix, so he has a long, like, snout. <laughs> that's, that's wonderful. You know, I know I read somewhere that there's some kind of science behind showering, and it's not bathing. It's mm-hmm. showering where it's like, there's something about the water hitting your skin, but also being relaxed that it can kind of un cork things and Mm -hmm. I find that when I have writer's block or choreographer's block Mm -hmm. or blocking block (laughs) that's that's one thing that that I find kind of uncorks my imagination and I know a lot of people have snacks in the shower I know people have music and the music Mm -hmm. in the shower I'm really impressed by I I, I like a podcast in the shower. But it's not, life changing. It's, that's it's, such a great thing. So <laughs> I love that, you know, you're feeling down, you're feeling, we're all feeling a bit trapped these days. So mm-hmm. turn on that shower. Mm-hmm. Abba or queen, blast that music. <laughs> yes. um, I, I really like that. And then music, for sure, I know that a lot of people, young and old, have talked to me about music being so recuperative and mm-hmm. allowing them to express their anger. Mm-hmm, definitely and then painting drawing and crafting anything else and then we're going to talk second after this a little bit about support systems so I'll save the, <laughs> the, the amount of Jake and mom for support systems anything yeah. else you want to talk about about self-care Does, you gotta help for you you gotta remember to eat three meals a day preach that is something I've had to tell myself in the past and it's you have to stop thinking as it being a reward. It's what you deserve. Your body deserves a good meal. Your body deserves good sleep. You know, you got to. Yes. It's not a reward system. And like, you got to love your body. You only have one, you know, and it's just, especially with everything that's been going on, you kind of, you're kind of faced with death a lot in the news now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you kind of, you can't take your life for granted and you can't, you just got to take care of yourself, you know? <laughs> and that three meals a day, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like this is a tech problem, which is, <laughs> yeah. or maybe it's a leadership problem. That is something that I really have struggled with is taking the time out or even taking the time, you know, when we're in full rehearsal to run to the restroom or just take a second. And again, that ripple effect that the, I've gotten myself in a habit and, and probably it's completely Isabella Kennington's influence in my life <laughs> that I've had a snack before I've started rehearsal. And just having that snack does feel like, even if it's not that I'm not super hungry, it does feel like I'm fueling myself physically. 
And then I feel Mm -hmm. a little fueled artistically, which is so helpful. All right. Well, let's see my self-care. Well, so I'm a big believer in meditation and Mm -hmm. for years, I am such an angry Irish girl that I just figured there'd be no (laughs) way. Oh, I'm such a girl. I thought there'd be no way that meditation would calm me down. And I kind of feel like I've met my match Mm -hmm. for as crazy and angry as I can be. Meditation is just totally chills me out. I do 10 Mm -hmm. minutes twice a day. So right in the morning as I'm getting waking up and mm-hmm. then right before I go to bed. And that's, I use Headspace, the app. I mm-hmm. really like the guy's voice on it. Um, but that's, I mean, that's absolutely changed. It's changed how I react. It's changed mm-hmm. how I self-care. It's definitely changed my life. Um, I am a big believer in radio silence, which is what I call turning off my phone mm-hmm. because that caretaker can feel, you know, you can sometimes feel a little bit like an ER nurse if you're a caretaker for family mm-hmm. and putting it on airplane mode. And then I paint my nails so I can't access my phone. <laughs> right now they're a really beautiful blue. And that's just giving myself that, um, that break mm-hmm. um, has been really helpful. And then I'm a, I'm a big believer in not showers, but bubble baths at the end of the day. So especially in pandemic, I've been trying to give myself a bubble bath at the end of like a really, really long day Um, and crafting a lot. I've sewed a shocking amount of weird (laughs) embroidered face masks. And recently I've been doing like bracelets with words on them. Cute. (laughs) And I actually made a bracelet for you yesterday, Edith. I'm so excited. I was so I will, for one. I, I'm not going to tell you what it says, but I'm gonna, I'll drop it off in your doorstep sometime soon. But I have two bracelets on right now. One says Against the Odds, which is our EHS theater um, theme this year and something that I'm really trying to go with and trying to remind myself that it's not everything stacking up. The whole mm-hmm. point of this year is that I'm going to have to do a little bit of combating. And then the second one is a quote from Gabby, which is, she do be a queen, though. <laughs> I have nothing else to say except sometimes the words of others impact you in really special ways and reminding myself that there's somebody out there named Gabby who feels, you know, who, who feels that special way about me reminds me that I can feel that special way about myself. We love Gabby. Thank you for sponsoring this episode, Gabby. <laughs> Thank you, Gabby, for sponsoring this episode. All right. Let's talk a little bit about support system. I know that both you and I have a strong support system. Mm-hmm. So tell me. Like, give me your top five if that, you know, like, you don't even need a five, but tell me who are those people in your life that are stepping up and making sure that you're putting the oxygen mask on yourself and reminding you you're somebody that's worth the oxygen. Okay. So my top five, they're not going to go in order from Mm-mm. favorites. There's um, no order. No. Um, so I have first my mom. Absolutely. I have my boyfriend, Jake. EHS Theater alumni, Jake. Yes. <laughs> Class of 2018, Jake Clappold. <laughs> Get, Get it, Jake. <laughs> um, his mom is also, like, my second mom. I love her to death. And we have the most heartfelt conversations, like, all three of us. Like, they are sweet Pisces children talking to me as Sagittarius. <laughs> and they just, they make me cry so much. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. That's really nice. All right. That's I have- awesome. I have you on that list Aww. and my fifth one 
maybe my grandma I don't talk to her as much now but she definitely helped me when my parents like first got divorced like I spent a lot of time with her and like even now Mm. we still like reminisce about that and she always like She's always like, oh, you're so much bigger. And I'm like, grandma, stop. I, I don't want to grow. Stop. <laughs> where, does, where does your grandma live? Is she mom's mom yes, or dad's mom? she's mom's mom. And she lives in California. But I get okay. to talk to her, like, all the time on the phone. And, like, she always knows the family gossip. So <laughs> we talk all the time. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, uh, that's such a good – that's such a good support system. Mm-hmm. Um, so my mom and my brother and sister – are definitely my support system. Um, mm-hmm. I got really lucky that my brother, two years ago now, mm-hmm. married the love of his life, my sister-in-law, who I just dropped the in-law part. She's just my sister. <laughs> and they, my brother and sister live in D.C. And I would say I talk to them probably every other day. <laughs> I talk to them quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And then I have a new niece from them. And that's someone that I'm really excited to spend time with when she's less of a blob and more of a <laughs> functioning human. person yeah. yeah more of a human um I would say what I call my teacher friends I have this mm-hmm. great group of teacher friends many of whom have worked in our program mm-hmm. um you know Joel and Miss Kay and Miss Richards mm-hmm. and other people that work at Evergreen or that have worked at schools I work at that are just kind of know what the job is mm-hmm. and know what ups and downs are um, and then I really have to give a shout out to EHS theater alumni mm-hmm. and, and to be absolutely clear to UHS theater alumni from my old school at Tualatin, mm-hmm. there's really not a day that goes by in my life. Oh, I might cry where oh. <laughs> I, where I get a call from or a text mm-hmm. from the alumni and that relationship with the alumni is so different than the relationship with current students, mm-hmm. ultimately current students. It is a, I am here to serve Mm -hmm. and I am here to support. And I get a lot of encouragement from my students. No one is better than my students, Mm -hmm. but it is a different relationship. That alumni relationship is much more equal footing. Yeah. And, you know, they're all over the world. And I really still hear from them regularly. And and just having somebody that believes the best of you, but also knows that you're a real adult. Yeah. (laughs) That's a lovely quality. Um, Mm -hmm. It's the only reason that I'm okay with students graduating Mm -hmm. is that I think of the alumni and how supportive they are. Um, I've had several conversations with alumni already today and it's just, they're just a special place in my heart. So Mm -hmm. I think those are my support system. Oh, I should probably mention my dog (laughs) (laughs) who's upstairs and kenneled because he cannot keep his barking to a minimum during podcasting. <laughs> he is also, I mean, that's the best part of being in the pandemic has been being with him, just yeah. having that buddy. My pets yeah. are definitely also like, you know, they, oh, they, real. they can't speak back. So you can say like all the nonsense you want. And you're just like, <laughs> thank you. You agree with me. Wow. I love you. One thing that particularly made me laugh is I'm demonstrating, you know, be getting acting I'm demonstrating reading text with emotion and today I was doing loneliness and anger so I did two different boy that dog didn't wake up I was yelling (laughs) he couldn't have cared less that is the most theater pug thing I've ever heard like (laughs) mother's yelling into the computer in (laughs) in the kitchen he's 14 feet away couldn't care less slept through the whole thing (laughs) theater pug well I think as we're wrapping our our discussion Mm -hmm. is there anything you want to say to the students, I mean, I think the benefit, I think not the benefit, but I think that the 
the experience of being a parent or an adult listening to this is so different, but really my concern is always for the young people in mm-hmm. our world. So what would you say to those people as they're listening to this about mental health and maybe being a little more self-aware at this point? What would you say to them? You, no one knows yourself more than you do. And if you start to recognize that you are losing interest in things that you used to love and your hobbies and you're starting to lose, you're starting to have conflicts between relationships and not Mm. just like dating, but like friendships and connections Mm -hmm. you have. And even in family, if you start feeling more tense all the time, you might need to just be self-aware of those changes that are happening right now. And there are some Mm -hmm. changes that are happening just because we are all growing. And there are some that are happening because we have problems that we've left untreated and it hurts us that way, you know? So Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, especially with all those resources or maybe even with just a friend or a family member or something, if you need Mm -hmm. to speak out, you should. And if you feel like something's just a little bit off, it wouldn't hurt you to just go and make sure it's not something that's so much bigger and it's just hidden, you know, and you don't, you don't want to risk any of that. Your time is, is almost very short in a way. Like there's no time where it's too late to get therapy, but there is a, there is a window of time where I think if you leave it untreated for a long time, especially going into your young adulthood and going into college and stuff, Mm -hmm. it'll pile on because life is just going to keep going at this point. And, and now that we're having to live around what's going on, it's not like we just stopped life. We did for a bit, but life is going forward. School is going forward. Jobs are going forward. And I think that's, you're absolutely right about that. Yeah. Um, I think my advice, I mean, my first words would be just like, gosh, I love you kids. Gosh, (laughs) I love you. Please know how worthy you are of getting a bit of oxygen yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, The challenge would be love yourself well. But then I would also say you have a peer, her name is Edith, in your (laughs) midst who has been really clear about struggling and has had the courage an awareness to be able to speak in this public way. So I hope that Edith's courage gives you a little courage mm-hmm. to maybe talk to a parent and say that you're struggling or reach out to a school counselor. And I'm, I'm happy to provide that information. Just shoot me an email. I will read these numbers back again, but courage is just raising your hand once, right? It's mm-hmm. just asking for help and, and, connecting with adults or resources around you to get that help Mm -hmm. so guys be more Edith (laughs) (laughs) well Edith thank you so much I'm going to repeat all these numbers again please stop me if I get any of them wrong okay Mm -hmm. so the Trevor hotline it's GLBTQ concerns 1-866-488-7386 the Southwest Washington crisis line 1-800-626- 8137. The National Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Then for online or texting support, online the website is www.imalive.org. So I-M-A-L-I-V-E.org. Mm-hmm. You can text HOME 
to 741741 or the Southwest Washington Crisis texting line 866-835-2755. And with that, have a mentally healthy weekend. Look forward to our next podcast with our very own Zach Braunschweig talking about a very different topic. And Edith, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for your courage. I'm really impressed. Thank you for having me. It's been a great time. (laughs) Have a wonderful afternoon. All for one. And one for all. (laughs) Thanks, Edith. Bye. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to our podcast. And in the words of the Musketeers, all for one and one for all.